0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC and just like yesterday's edition, there are a lot of interesting headlines to get through and to help me do that, I'm pleased to say I've got Matt Addison on the line with me. Matt, good morning.
0: Good morning, how are you mate, you good?
1: Good, thank you very much, mate. We're giving up for a big day, aren't we, on the uh, Blood Red and the Liverpool Echo Sports Desk?
0: Yeah, we certainly are. Loads of good stories to, to go through this morning. And then, of course, the, the Premier League meeting, again, we seem to talk about at least one of those a week for the past few weeks now. But I think today could be a, a long meeting. But, uh, yeah, certainly we'll, we'll come into to that in, in a few minutes' time.
1: We will indeed. The, the big news from yesterday was that the Premier League clubs have voted to resume contract training. As as early as today, it seems, while later in the day it emerged that four more individuals from three Premier League clubs had tested positive for coronavirus, and that brought the total of positive tests up to 12 from 2,752 tests that have taken place across the league so far. As you rightly said, Matt, we're going to come on to today's meeting in more detail shortly, but if it's okay, we're going to start with new developments in what I think is now fair to call the Timo Werner saga. You're going to review a trio of stories for us, Matt. Uh, I'll just tee them up. Firstly, comments made by Werner's RB Leipzig manager, Julian Nagelsmann. Secondly, a report from David Maddock of our system paper, The Mirror, that came out late last night. And thirdly, a counter story from ourselves at the Liverpool Echo written by Theo Squires that came out even later. We were all over these stories on our blood red group chat, Matt, but you can fill in the listeners who've, who've not had a chance to read them yet.
0: Yeah, as you say, uh, really interesting stories, all three of them. We'll, we'll start with Julian Nagelsmann's comments, and he basically admitted yesterday that he's aware that, that Timo Werner has been affected by the interest from Liverpool. Uh, I'm not sure whether he specifies Liverpool specifically, but certainly interest from elsewhere has, has impacted him, and he says that's why he was sort of struggling for goals a little bit until that hat-trick against Mainz the other day. So, Certainly, there seems to be a, an acceptance from RB Leipzig, and certainly from their manager, uh, as I say, that you know Timo Werner potentially is going to move somewhere in future. Obviously, he's a, a key player for them, and they have been struggling of late. I, I think they've drawn three or four games in a row now. Uh, have RB Leipzig and sort of their title hopes for this season seemingly over? I think they're ten points behind Bayern Munich now, so. Yeah, it sort of seems to be a little bit of frustration on the part of of Nagelsmann that his key player has been a little bit distracted. I think it's fair to say by interest from Liverpool, but you you can't really blame Liverpool in this. I think Timo Werner has made it clear for a number of months now that he's absolutely keen to move to Liverpool. He he loves Jurgen Klopp. He, He loves the way that Liverpool play and you know, even you know members of of Red Bull's group elsewhere. Obviously, we we spoke to Jesse Marsh earlier this week. He was saying how fantastic he'd be for Liverpool. You know, we've we've seen I think uh, Oliver Mintzlaff, the, the chief executive of of RB Leipzig, who said, um, you know, if Werner was to go somewhere, Liverpool would be the place to go because of his style and that sort of thing. So. It's not really a, a surprise that Nagelsmann is, is slightly frustrated, but it's equally not a surprise if Timo Werner's head has been turned. But, um, yeah, in terms of the, the two other stories, the two transfer stories, first of all, as you say, David Maddox reporting that, that Liverpool had pulled out of negotiations, obviously, the the £52 million release clause for Timo Werner. We think uh, that stands for, for this summer. It goes down in the, the years that would follow that. If he was uh, if he was still at Leipzig, but yeah, David Maddock last night saying that the deal is not happening. Liverpool value Timo Werner at significantly under thirty million pounds, um, which obviously is, is impacted slightly by the coronavirus. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting sort of take, really. Uh, it would be strange, I think, personally, uh, for Liverpool to value him at considerably less than thirty million. Uh, to be honest, I don't think 52 million, even you know, given what's going on, is a particularly high price. But you know, even waiting a year would only take the release clause to about 35 or 36 million. So even then, that would be above what Liverpool, according to David Mannock, considered to be a fair price. So look, I think the reaction from most Liverpool fans to that first transfer story was, "Look, we've heard this all before. We've heard it yeah. with Alisson Becker, of course." You know, the same sort of lines were coming out of of Liverpool to say, you know, this price is too high. And then, of course, it did end up happening. So, look, for for me personally, as I say, it, it would be absolute madness to value Timo Werner below thirty million, um, particularly when you read that yesterday Manchester United are pressing ahead with moves for for Jadon Sancho and Jack Greenish, reportedly taking out a loan to sort of get those deals done, and the sort of contrasting approaches you know, in, in transfer spending we've seen over the last few years. But, you know, even that taken into account, it would seem a strange decision. But, yeah, of course, slightly before that, David Maddox story as well. I mentioned Oliver Mintzlaff before. He apparently said yesterday that, that Timo Werner wouldn't be sold on the cheap. So, certainly when David Maddock's story came out, it, it sort of felt like, you know, it wasn't a coincidence that, that Red Bull had said that. Liverpool had then immediately come back and, and sort of, you know, said they won't be going too high as well. So it, it seemed to make sense. But then, of course, Theo Squires and, and the Liverpool Echo did uh, our own bit of digging and, and moved in uh, into that story. And, and Theo's story, as you say, saying that Liverpool have not held talks so far for Timo Werner, and so they can't have pulled out of them because they were never in them in the first place. <laughs> so slightly contrasting, and of course, you know that the line that we've seen coming out of Liverpool for. The entire time during this pandemic has been, look, there's been no progress on transfers since the pandemic because we simply don't know what's going to happen with the transfer market. So, look, I I think Liverpool are obviously keen on Timo Werner. This isn't the last we're going to hear of it. Um, You know, there's no reason to, to doubt that Liverpool have not held talks with the club so far. Of course, we heard last week that potentially Jurgen Klopp has been you know, having you know, FaceTime or Skype meetings with, with Timo Werner, perhaps as as early as Easter time. So, look, it, it's not a transfer deal, which is dead. The fact that Liverpool haven't held talks with him or or certainly haven't held talks with the club yet doesn't necessarily mean that they won't do in future. But, you know, as we keep saying with this story, if they are going to do this deal this summer, it's got to be for the right price. Um, and Liverpool will not pay a penny over what Michael Edwards and the Liverpool scouting team believe they should be paying. So, look, as I say, it's certainly not the last we've heard of it, but it feels like the next step in in what is now, I think, a bit of a, a transfer saga as we head towards the summer.
1: It really is, and I think, as you rightly mentioned, there uh, we've we've been here before in a recent past with Alison Becker, Virgil Van Dyke. It is really all part of the dance when it comes to big, big t- transfers like this, you know, between big clubs. And it's also worth pointing out that you know while David Maddox and Theo Squire's stories contradict each other in many ways. This is journalism. You know, this journalists have different sources and, uh, you know, we're seeing that in effect here. Uh, and it's certainly something we've seen throughout this period, matter of, of football, of no football, I should say, when it comes to messages leaking out of the Premier League. Uh, but it does appear that the 20 clubs are now on the same page going into this big meeting today, which we paid mention to earlier. And it's a meeting described by the Mirror this morning as one that will define the season. That headline comes from a very informed piece by John Cross.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen a few different stories um, about the Premier League meeting. And as you say, over the last few weeks, there's been different bits being leaked out to, to different national newspapers. But certainly it seems after yesterday's unanimous vote to, to return to training um, or to return to contact training, I should say. Uh, today's apparently is, you know, the, the next headache to solve is is over the television money. Um, of course, the financial aspect of this was always going to be absolutely hugely important to the way in which football came back um and apparently the clubs have been told they will have to pay back around 340 million pounds even if the rest of this season gets played out um the reason for that is that the tv companies so sky sports and, and bt in this country and i assume that the overseas uh broadcasters are you know sort of going down the, the same route um, is that, you know, no fans means it, it's less of a spectacle. It's less of a product that can be sold and therefore fewer people will watch it. Um, it. It does seem like a strange logic. The fact that you've got, you know, fewer people in stadiums should really mean that more people will therefore have to watch it on their televisions and and have to watch it from home. And certainly I know myself the fact that you know I can't go to the match I can't go and, and watch it with friends in in pubs or, or anything like that means that you know I have subscribed to these services so certainly from a, a personal perspective it, it does seem to, to contradict what the television companies are saying but of course you know they've got a lot of uh, you know a lot of data and they know themselves how many subscribers they've got and that sort of thing. So I'm sure they're far more informed on that than me. But it it does seem like a strange one. But uh, yeah, just uh, the, other, the other sort of line from that story or, or from the Guardian's version of that story is that Liverpool are among the clubs to be arguing strongest against this. Tottenham and West Ham also named. Um, it seems like one of those where... Those clubs that have been named um, Liverpool, Tottenham and West Ham maybe are, are going to argue the strongest against it. But surely, again, I think all all 20 of these clubs will be in agreement that the fact that the season is going to be played out and we think uh, a lot of these games are going to be played on free-to-air television as well. Um, any matches that haven't been sold to Sky or BT will, will be on there. So, yeah, it, it's surely another of these things where all 20 clubs, if it came to sort of arguing against it. I think they would all unanimously say that that this is unfair. And yeah, I, I would agree with them, to be honest.
1: It is a must-read story from John Cross in the Mirror. And another one, and our final one, is from Troy Deeney, the captain of Watford. He was one of the players, you may remember, who had cast doubt over the return to full contact training, which has now been passed, and that's completely understandable. He is a human being at the end of the day with a young family. He's now been convinced to take part. I believe he's going to start with Watford next week. And in a wide-ranging, wide wide-ranging interview with uh, CNN Sports, he does touch on that, but he also touches on Liverpool maths and the integrity of this season.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really interesting uh, story. Lots of different things that he goes into, and, and well worth checking it out. To be fair, it, it, you know, we're not going to be able to go through all different, all the different bits of it um, this morning. But yeah, certainly, the, the first sort of few paragraphs of it are to do with online abuse and um, abuse in public as well that Troy Deeney says he's had to come up against over his concern over the Premier League resuming. He says he's been criticised uh, significantly and, and abused as well, which is certainly not good to hear over something like this. But interestingly, I, I think he says the abuse tended to, to be strongest to begin with. And then once sort of players higher up the league, Sergio Aguero and, and N'Golo Conte as well, spoke out, Sort of, you know, seemed to go away a little bit, and I think that sort of is is linked directly to the fact that, you know, a, a lot of people, when Troy Deeney made these comments, sort of assumes that he was making them because his team were in in danger of relegation, and they were one of those six clubs at the bottom who, initially, were fighting against the season being continued because it would give them uh, a better opportunity of, of avoiding relegation. So, the fact that you know Sergio Aguero, I think, was the first of the the top about this and and certainly others have followed the fact that they've come out obviously they can't be impacted by relegation or anything like that so it sort of proved really that okay maybe there was a bit of that in the comments that came out to begin with but a lot of it was also to do with the fact that he has a young son and he you know it's understandable that he has these genuine concerns about safety and that sort of thing so yeah he he seems to be saying now that the people Believe that you know he has his own son's health and uh, his own family and, and the families of other Premier League players um, in mind first and foremost. And interestingly, as well, he does say that he's now convinced by the research that he will be safe. And, and so, therefore, of course, Watford uh, were one of those teams yesterday to, to you know vote in favour of resuming contact training. So it seems that those fears that he had to begin with. Uh, have sort of been turned around now and, and he's happy to go on but you know uh, as much as I thought those comments were really measured and, and really sensible there were, there were other bits that I didn't particularly agree with he says Liverpool winning the league title now would be like running 20 miles and then two months later sprinting the rest of the marathon and then claiming you know that you've got a really good time so <laughs> look, I, I, I can't say I agree with those comments uh, in any way I think you know um Certainly, the the marathon analogy is a strange one, given Liverpool were so far in front uh, and still are so far in front when the Premier League will resume. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, the the comments about Liverpool, I think, were were slightly ridiculous because Liverpool will win this title and deservedly so. But look, I think most of the, the people listening to this will have doubted Troy Deeney's comments at, at one point or another, but yeah, the the main point to take from this, I think, is that he is now convinced by the research and by the science, and he's not the only Premier League player who has doubts and has now been turned around. And I think the the bottom line, whatever he says about Liverpool, the bottom line is you know he is ready to come back now, which can only be a good thing for the Reds, I think
1: it certainly is and I think it's just fair to say really if there's one thing that can be decided on in the league it's the fact that Liverpool should be champions if you've got a 25 point lead at the top of the Premier League with uh, less than a third of the season to go but that's an argument for another day Matt thank you very much for joining us and thank you as always for for listening in wherever you are at home or increasingly a lot of us going back to work now Uh, we will be back this afternoon with another podcast exactly what we're not sure yet as it will be the dependence on the outcomes of to today's big Premier League meeting. It could involve Matt, it could involve me, but we'll we'll see. Uh, but until then, bye for now and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.